Once again, I'd like to thank you for this opportunity. Um, I'm always grateful to be given these opportunities. Hope that something I have to say will be beneficial to each and every one of us. Today, I would just like to start by saying I can't do this anymore. I had one ready and uh, the dog chewed up all my notes and I just decided I can't do this anymore. It's hard for me to prepare these lessons and it takes me a long time. And not only that, but I'm not a good public speaker. I don't know enough about the scriptures to be the one up here trying to deliver a message. I have a sinful past, so I should wait till I'm a better Christian to try this. I don't think anybody wants to hear what I have to say or that I can say it with any kind of impact. There are others who are much better than I am, so I'll just say, I can't do this anymore. Okay, now I'm hoping that all of you are saying, say it isn't so. We want to hear what you have to say. We, we like listening. So I'll tell you this, uh, all those statements, with the exception of expressions of gratitude, they were all false. In all honesty, I do like these opportunities and look forward to them. And I expect that as I practice at it, I'll get better at it. But all of those statements, they were false. They were only said to bring me to my title, which is, if I remember how to do this, do I have to turn it on? Maybe now. Excuses. Or, if you will, the dog ate my homework. Back in the day when I was going to school, we actually did homework on paper with pencils, and we had to turn in a physical copy of our homework. I don't know how they do it now. Maybe they have tablets, computers, turn it in online or something to that effect. But back in my day, we had to actually hand the teacher a paper that was done the night before. In those conditions, it's conceivable that an animal could have chewed it up. I never did use that as an excuse, but uh, I know the teachers have probably heard that. And when they did hear it, they recognized it for exactly what it was. It was an excuse, and that student had to do the homework again. Uh, the dog ate my homework. I can't. It's too hard. I'm too busy. I don't speak well in public. I don't know enough. I will wait till I'm a better Christian. I, was, I am afraid. You know what that list is? Everything on there, it's, it's just an excuse. Um, a flimsy way to get out of doing something. That's all they are, it's just excuses. And I start with, I can't. Uh, in the scriptures, uh, John, the fifth chapter, uh, this is the story of um, a legendary pool. This pool had healing properties and uh, it, it this pool was called Bethesda, and it had five porches around it. And because of the healing properties, many uh, crippled folk, um, blind, uh, whatever ailed them, they were all hanging out around in these porches. And the story tells that an uh, angel would trouble the waters of this pool. And whoever entered the pool first after that happened would be cured with whatever ailed them. 
So now we get down to the fifth verse and we start to read a little. And it says there, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. Now you have this man that's crippled, I guess. He's been there for a long time. I don't know if he's been laying on the side of that pool for the entire 38 years, but he's been there a very long time. And Jesus comes along and asks him a simple yes or no question. Do you want to be healed? Would you like to be made whole? Instead of saying, yes, I want to be healed, he starts saying, I can't. I don't have nobody to put me in the water. I'm not fast enough. Somebody always beats me to it. Well, Jesus went ahead and healed him, and um, then it kind of occurs to me, I wonder, it's beside the point, but I wonder if once that man was healed, did he return to that pool and help others in the pool? Or just go on this way? We don't know. That's neither here nor there. Anyway, then we get to, uh, it's too hard. In Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, we read the story of Jeremiah being called by God to become a, pro a prophet. Jeremiah was young. I don't know how young, but uh, Jeremiah himself calls himself a child. Here's what he had to say, starting in verse uh, 6. Then said I, our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I suss in thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee. To deliver thee, saith the Lord. Now, Jeremiah, he's given this important task, a very important job, and the first thing he starts doing is saying, I can't do that. I'm a kid. I'm too young. There's older, more wiser people than them. But no, uh, God, he says, don't you worry. I'll be with you. Okay? Uh, we get to, I'm too busy. And we read about, uh, in Luke, uh, the 16th through the 20th verse, we read, Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servants, uh, servant at supper time, to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Now Jesus is comparing heaven to this great supper. And he's inviting all the Jews. He's inviting all these Jews. And every one of them starts saying, no, I, I can't be doing that now. I don't have time for that. 
you know, I've got things to do. Uh, uh, I've got to go check out this oxen or this piece of ground that I bought. Uh, Should have looked at them beforehand, but um, got to go check them out now. So I, I just don't have time for your eternal life right now. I don't know. You ever buy a cow and not look at it, not know what it's going to be about or looking like? How about acreage? Sharon and I have bought land on a couple occasions, and we knew it wasn't a rocky ravine ahead of time or a cliffside, a mountain. <laughs> but uh, these people thought that they were acceptable excuses to not go to this. Uh, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, but this subject uh, is about a, a supper. Uh, the man that got married might be the only one that actually had any kind of an excuse to get out of a separate date, um, but not out of the kingdom of heaven. They just didn't have time right now. They, uh, they had other things to do. Uh, how about we look at, I don't speak well in public, or they won't believe. Um, in Exodus, the fourth chapter, in verse 1, we read, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared to unto thee. This is the story about Moses as he was um, encountering the burning bush. And God was talking to him through the burning bush and sending him to the Pharaoh to convince the Pharaoh to release the people. And the next few verses down to about 10 say various signs that Moses can perform to convince the Pharaoh. He has a rod and he throws it on the ground and it becomes a serpent. He picks it back up and it uh, becomes a rod. He puts his hand in his cloak and it takes it out. It's leprous. Puts it in and it becomes whole again. Uh, he pours some water on the ground and it becomes blood. Anyway, we get down to verse 10 and we read, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. I've heard folks say that he stuttered. I don't know. He had something wrong with his speech that made him self-conscious. Anyway, to continue, um, and the Lord said unto him, who hath made man's mouth, or who hath maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind, have not I the Lord? Now, uh, now go therefore, now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And then in the 13th verse, we continue. And he said, O oh my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron thy brother? Um, uh, I'm sorry, I got lost. Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well, and also, behold, he comes forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. Now Moses is trying everything he can to get out of this. He's, uh, he's saying, oh, I don't speak well. Um, 
They don't believe me. They're not going to listen. And God's getting mad. God don't want no excuses. God just wants compliance. He, he won't accept any excuses. Uh, okay, I don't know enough. While I was preparing this, I mentioned to Sharon, I don't know enough about scriptures to be up there trying to talk to people. And she said, quite simply, study. So we look at Second uh, Timothy uh, 2 and 15. We all know what this one says, but it reads there, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Also on the subject of I don't know enough. You have the people that say, what about those people that don't know at all? They've never heard the gospel. They've never, never been introduced to it. They just don't know. They're not going to be judged according to uh, something they don't know. Again, that's no excuse. Uh, on that subject, we can look at Romans, the second chapter, 11 through 13. And there it says, For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are justified before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. These few scriptures tell us that ignorance of the law is no excuse. Everyone will be judged according to the law, whether they have heard it or not. Uh, while we're in Romans, the second chapter, let's look at the first three verses of this chapter, which read, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, Whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest dost the same things. But we are sure that judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape judgment of God? This is a kind of a pretty good example of um, uh, talk to talk, but don't walk to walk, or do as I say, not as I do. Uh, we can find more on that subject in the 19th through the 23rd verse. Oh, I don't have it on my notes. I have to read it from there. Okay, it says, and art thou, and art confident that thou art thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form of knowledge and the truth in the law. Thou therefore that teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest the boast of the law, uh, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. 
This, this shows us that just because the person knows the gospel uh, and speaks it, maybe outwardly appears to uh, be a good Christian and all, if they are not doing the gospel, then that's no excuse. They, uh, they have to do it. And then we get to the people down that say that uh, I know I need to be a better Christian. I'll do it later. There's always time for that somewhere else. I'll do it later. This is a very dangerous statement. As has been pointed out many times, no one knows when their last day will be. Uh, in Proverbs, uh, it reads, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Now we get to the last one on my list, and that is, I am afraid. That's no excuse for not trying. This stuff is terrifying. You've all seen me shake up here. But not trying is probably worse than just being afraid. In Matthew, the 25th chapter, we read a story of a man that uh, uh, left for a spell, and he put his uh, portions of his financial situation in the hands of employees. They called them talents. And talents, uh, he gave five to one, another he gave two, and another he gave one. And those that received the five and the two increased their talent by double. But the man that, uh, uh, the man came back and he praised those uh, folks that had increased the talents. But the man that received the one talent hid it in the dirt. He was afraid. Okay. We're going to read it. It's in the 25th chapter of Matthew, uh, verse 25 and 26. In the words of Jesus, uh, he's telling the story. And it says, And I was afraid, and went, and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest I reap not, I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. To me, this kind of means you just can't sit down on your fists and lean back on your thumbs. You have to do something. What do you have to do? You have to follow God's word. There will be no acceptable excuses. You can't say, um, I'm not good enough. You can't say, I'll wait till later. You can't say, Nobody will listen. You can't say any of those excuses. Uh, you, you have to follow uh, God's word. Only complete adherence is what he's after. You have to do it all. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.